Ladies and gentlemen, please fasten your seatbelts. We are expecting some turbulence. Thank you. All right, guys, welcome to the Morgan Aviation Podcast. I'm your host, Jake Morgan. Uh, before we get too far along here, just kind of wanted to uh, uh, tell you a little bit about myself. So I am a certified private pilot. Um, I am a uh, pilot here in the Midwest, so I am in north central Ohio. Uh, I've been flying for a couple years now, and uh, I'm based out of uh, 1-7 Golf, which is Port Bucyrus Crawford County Airport. Um, I've done all of my flight training uh, with a private flight school here at my home airport, uh, Blue Skies Aviation, so Part 61 Flight School. Like I said, they're based out of 1-7 Golf. Uh, majority of the flight training that I've had has been in uh, Cessna products, so primarily a 172 Mike model. That's the majority of my hours are in that. Uh, I've also got some time in a 150, uh, Piper Cherokees, uh, I've flown in Archers, stuff like that too. Um, but the majority of my time has been spent in a, uh, a 172 Um like I said, I, I have my private currently working on my instrument. Uh, plan on going through and getting my commercial CFI, double I, um, a couple of other ratings. I'd like to get my, my tailwheel, seaplane, stuff like that. Um, but like I said, the, the plane I fly is a one, Cessna 172 Mike model. Um, it's got a, uh, for GPS, it's got a Garmin 430 with WAS. Um, an ADSB uh, compliant mode C transponder. Uh, I rent my plane. I don't own it. I rent it for my flight school. I'm looking to to buy something here pretty soon, but uh, that's what I'm I'm flying for now. Um, so what the the podcast is going to be primarily about? Um, we're going to be talking all things aviation. Um, probably going to have you some interviews with uh, some different people in the flight industry and aviation industry uh, trying to get you some more information um, about aviation uh, about airplanes in general and pretty much anything else that might be associated with that so without further ado we're gonna go ahead and and get started here my uh, my goal for today's podcast um, is mostly going to be talking about uh, a seminar that that I was in yesterday. So I I had um, a pretty good meeting yesterday. So we we try to meet at least quarterly at uh, at Blue Skies Aviation, and they have these seminars, or we'll have uh, what we call like hamburgers at the hangar, where everybody will just kind of get together. We'll we'll grill out and just kind of have a, uh, a social event. But this one was actually a uh, a safety seminar. Um, put on by a guy named Ned Parks. Um, he is a, uh, a CFI, well, CFII in fixed wing, CFII in rotocraft, um, paramilitary. So he, he flew helicopters in the army for a while. Um, pretty decent background as far as that's concerned. But the, the seminar, uh, that he put on was about, downdrafts and wake turbulence created by rotorcraft because this is uh um here recently there was a uh an accident uh 
um, in our area. So it's kind of been a pressing issue trying to uh, put a little bit more information out there about the dangers of uh, helicopters in conjunction with uh, wake turbulence and uh, uh, how fixed-wing aircraft fly because there's a lot of different mechanics involved in that. But anyway, um, pretty eye-opening as far as the, the seminar was concerned. So the the biggest way that, or the best way I, say, I should say, that Ned described the, the wake uh, created by helicopters is it's a moving microburst. It's like the, the, the downforce that you get from these helicopters, especially when they're in ground effect, um, is astronomically powerful. So he showed us uh, a few videos um, of planes either taking off or landing that were affected by uh, recently departed or recently landing helicopter traffic. So one of these videos um, was a, a Cessna product. It's like a 172 or 182. So not super underpowered. It's not like it was, you know, like a 140 or something. But uh, a 172 or 182 uh, is getting ready to take off. And about a minute before they take off <clears throat> on the runway, there is a helicopter departing. So it's a north-south running uh, runway, if I remember correctly. There's a helicopter um, off to the east of the runway on the taxiway. So they take off from the taxiway heading westbound. So they cross around the center of the runway. And uh, uh, like I said, it was about a minute, minute and a half after this helicopter departs that the Cessna takes off. So they get um, they get up into ground effect, get taken off, and they're starting to climb. Uh, they're climbing at about 500 feet per minute. They notice there's a little bit of wake and then uh the pilot has to go to full left deflection uh with the ailerons to keep the wings level and you see the asi that was going about 500 feet a minute uh climb kind of flutters for a second drops down to no climb uh for about i don't know five ten seconds and then it goes slowly climbs back up to 500 to about 530 is where it settles and, uh, and then goes back down to five. So, like like he had described it, it's a good thing. I mean, obviously that's a pretty significant uh, draft. If it's pushing you, you're you're climbing at 500 feet a minute. And it goes down to a straight and level uh, attitude, basically, and then goes back up to 500 foot per minute. So it's a good thing that they were in a climb and weren't in straight and level flight because if they were, uh, they probably would have got slammed into the into the tarmac. So it would have been uh, a lot worse than they, they were able to uh, maintain it and fly out. Okay. Um, but there were a couple other videos that, that we watched. One was a, uh, a Cirrus coming in on, on final right after a, uh, a helicopter had just taken off. So it's uh, uh, like a black Hawk or something that class, uh, maybe a little bit smaller, but something in that, in that wheelhouse takes off, um, from about the 1,000-foot markers on a runway, takes off uh, runway heading. So about 30 seconds after this helicopter takes off, uh, you see the uh, the Cirrus, I'm pretty sure it was like an SR-20 or an SR-22, coming into land, comes and is floating in ground effect. Uh, 
gets to about where the helicopter took off. And like I said, this was, you know, 30, 40 seconds after the helicopter's taken off. So it's had some time to dissipate. Um, gets right to about the helicopter, where the helicopter takes off. You see the plane nose up um, where it's obviously hit a an updraft. Um, goes 90 degrees to the left. So it's standing up um, at about less than 10 feet off the ground uh, on its left wingtip. So it's it's about to invert. You see the pilot trying to compensate for it because you see the rudder deflection and him pull back on the uh, elevator. So it noses up even further, goes into a stall, and then cartwheels uh, off the left side of the um, runway. So he ends up crashing... But apparently he, he was able to get away with only a broken arm, which it was a pretty significant... I mean, you see a uh, a four-passenger plane cartwheeling down the, the grass beside the runway. It looks pretty intense, but... Uh, but like I said, there's uh, uh, some pretty significant uh, winds getting created by these helicopters. And in the aviation industry, it seems like heavy fixed-wing aircraft are always... Uh, compensated for by ATC or should be, um, but majority of the time are. So, like I said, I'm I'm based out of 17 Golf here in uh, Bucyrus, Ohio. About 30 miles to the east of me is uh, Mansfield Lom, uh, KMFD. So this airport, it's a Class Delta airport, so air air traffic control tower over there, um, and there's also a an Air National Guard base. So they have. They have a few uh, Army cargo helicopters, um, and they also have uh, some C-130 cargo planes, um, so turboprop uh, heavy cargo planes. Now, you hear them go... Now, if you go in and out of Mansfield or you are just listening to their, their traffic in the vicinity, you hear them um, telling you caution, wake turbulence... You know, departing aircraft or landing aircraft. You know the C-130s that are that are taking off and on down there. But very, very rarely, I've never heard it, and uh, a lot of the guys in the meeting I was with yesterday have never heard it. But you, very, very rarely will hear, if ever, uh, air traffic control say caution, wake turbulence, departing helicopter. It just, it just doesn't happen. So Ned did a lot of uh, uh, research and uh, collected a lot of data as far as what kind of ranges, what kind of distances you can see um, these significant winds coming from a helicopter and ground effect um, and what, what kind of uh, significant winds you can you know, compensate for or at least uh, head off if possible. Basically what he found out is when you're underneath the helicopter they are looking somewhere in the 75 to 100 knot winds okay uh, when you get out so it's a 360 degree circle if, if the, the helicopter is hovering um, not going forward back left right whatever but if it's just hovering a 360 degree circle is pretty much exactly the same as far as the disbursement you have to be outside of 150 feet um, from the helicopter to uh, 
to be able to stay out of, of these kind of wins. And uh, basically, you're still looking at like 50 knots when you're looking in the 100, and 100, 100 to 150 foot mark away from the helicopter. And if you think about that, probably the not, not only the, the fact that you have to wait a certain period of time, um, because a lot of these crashes are, are happening, you know, within a minute and a half of, uh, a helicopter being in the area. So you should be waiting at least a couple minutes, if not longer, uh, probably three or four would probably be safer before traveling in the area of a hovering or departing or landing helicopter. Uh, just to try to avoid that wake turbulence. But if you think about it, if you're in the 50-ish not wind mark, we would be doing everything we can to make sure that our planes are tied down and are inside or anything like that if the winds are like that naturally. So if you're sitting on the taxiway in 50 knot winds, what do you think that's going to do to the airplane? And, and probably the, the bigger thing, rather than just them departing and taking off or landing, because uh, you're going to kind of have an idea where that, that wind's going to be sitting on the runway. But what you don't think about is a lot of times helicopters don't land on the runway because either they're trying to avoid fixed-wing traffic or ATC is trying to reroute them away uh, from fixed-wing traffic. But they land and take off of taxiways all the time. Um, so a lot of times they, they may entirely avoid the runway whatsoever, but, but say you're taxiing, uh, out of the hangar and going to get fuel and you've got a helicopter that just took off from the taxiway over by the fuel pumps and you got to go get gas and it's only been 30 seconds. You could get it. You could be getting slammed with 75 knot winds. So if you're, you're sitting on the, the, you're taxiing over to get gas, say you're going, you know, five mile an hour. Um, hands are on your lap and all of a sudden you get hit by 75 knot winds and your plane's airborne. And you don't think about how significant that would be um, because it's not a big, heavy, fixed-wing airplane. But you got, I mean, the smaller end of these helicopters, you're still going to be looking a couple thousand pounds gross weight on the small end. If you're looking at anything like a Blackhawk um, you're probably going to be close to that 18,000 pound mark. A Chinook, which would be twice as significant because it has two rotors instead of just one. Um, you're going to be looking somewhere in that, that low 20s, um, mid 20s as far as a gross weight. Um, if they're not really, really hammered down. So, I mean, that's, that's a lot of weight, um, that these rotors are trying to displace. And that's going to take a, a significant amount of, uh, of power. But like I was saying, guys, we just want to try to be mindful, try to try to keep our attention um, up and our awareness up as far as these uh, helicopters are concerned. Depending on, on what area you're in, you may not have any issues as far as helicopter traffic. And, and you may be in a pretty uh, low-volume area if you're in a class golf airport um, without having a whole bunch with no fuel you know, things like that. You may not be in a, a significant area where you have to worry about helicopter traffic. But there's always that issue, especially if you're going into a bigger airport 
or if your airport's anywhere near a hospital. Um, you know, in our area, we have several um, air ambulance companies. So there's MedFlight, LifeFlight, AirEvac. Um, there's tons of guys. There's the Cleveland Clinic. Uh, they have their own helicopter service. Uh, Nationwide Children's down in Columbus, they have their own helicopter service. So these guys are around quite a bit, especially when you get around the big cities. But uh, we have a MedFlight base over in Galleon, which is about 20 miles, I believe, uh, east of my home airport. And uh, they're stopping in uh, to be Cyrus quite a bit, getting fuel. And uh, we've got the, the sheriff's office, the state highway patrol. Uh, they're stopping in to get fuel every once in a while with their helicopters. Um, we also have... Uh, I was kind of surprised here a little bit ago. There was a uh, uh, blackbird, um, or not a blackbird. Uh, what are those called? A little little bird, I think, is what it's called. But it's a, a turbine prop, McDonnell Douglas, whatever. Um, but they were uh, trimming trees. So it was kind of cool. I had never seen anybody do that before. But there's the helicopter, and they have this uh, cable winch on the belly of the helicopter and they dangle this like 40 foot long buzzsaw basically and just swipe it across uh, uh, tree limbs along the railroad tracks to, to keep the limbs from overgrowing into where the the railroad tracks are so I was like that's that's kinda crazy so I I, I watched them do this for a little while and it was it was pretty pretty crazy those guys must have some steady hands and uh, nerves of steel that's for sure but I think uh, I think we're gonna go ahead and wrap it up for for today, guys. Like I said, I I appreciate you listening. Uh, if you can, make sure you go to uh, Apple Podcast, uh, Google Podcast, Spotify, or wherever it is that you get your playlist, and you go on. If you're able to get some some good information out of this podcast and think it might be able to benefit somebody else, go and uh, uh, leave us a good review on there. That really helps us to. Uh, get the podcast out to some more people that might be able to get interest from it or uh, maybe able to uh, enjoy some of the information or just like listening to me. All right, guys, so I hope you get some blue skies and tailwinds or able to get to uh, spend some time in the air. So we'll see you on the next one.